Is this frequency in use? Welcome to Southgate Vibes, a selection of the latest stories direct from Southgate Amateur Radio News. I'm Steve Richards, Golf 4 Hotel Papa Echo, and in this podcast, you're going to hear my personal picks of what is happening in amateur radio and the wider world of communications. Whether you're just starting out in ham radio or an experienced operator spinning around the spectrum for those rare and sometimes strange signals, I hope you'll find something to entertain you here. Welcome to Southgate Vibes. The new James Bond film is out, but it is as nothing compared to this explosive episode, Southgate Vibes number 99. Now, by the way, if you're an ice cream lover, mm, you may be familiar with a cone of ice cream with a chocolate bar known as a flake shoved into the top of it. But why is it called a 99? Well, a popular explanation as to why a 99 ice cream is called 99 was based on the ice cream being historically sold for 99 pence. But sadly, this is not the case. Cadbury, the chocolate manufacturer that makes the flake bar, says that the real reason for the name has been lost in the mists of time. While an exact explanation might not be available, there are certain theories behind the infamous name. One theory is that the name was coined by Italian immigrant ice cream sellers who wanted to honour their World War I troops, known as I Ragazza del 99. This translates to the Boys of 99, representing the year they were born, 1899. It's thought that the soldiers' uniform hats with long feathers faintly resembled the chocolate flakes, and that is what inspired the special name. Cadbury has similarly suggested that the name could originate from another class of 99 men predating the First World War. In the days of the monarchy of Italy, the king had a specially chosen guard, consisting of 99 men, and anything really special or first class was known as 99, and that could also be how the 99 flake came by its name. Hmm. Well, another slightly more wacky explanation is that the chocolate bar made from layers of chocolate is made up of 99 folds. (laughs) I gave up counting them. But like the chocolate 99 flake bar, details of who invented the 99 style of ice cream itself with the flake bar stuck into it have never been truly confirmed. The most common theory dates back to 1922 and a guy named Stefano Arcari. This Italian native moved to Portobello, Scotland after the First World War and opened an incredibly popular ice cream parlour. The shop was at 99 Portobello High Street. And legend says that Stefano would break a traditional flake in half and add it to his soft-served ice cream. And so the name was born. Stefano's granddaughter, Tanya Arcari, said that it had long been the family legend that her granddad actually invented the 99, but the problem, she said, was that they had no proof. So, our first item. 
After many false starts, so many exasperating worldwide blackouts on the HF amateur bands, now at last things seem to be improving quickly. At least my experience here on the 40-metre band might suggest so. More official summaries of the Sunspot cycle are beginning to sound a bit more upbeat too. It seems that Solar Cycle 24 may be, at last, dead. Long live Cycle 25! An update on the progress of Solar Cycle 25 has been posted by Robert Marston, Alpha Alpha 6 X-Ray Echo. As September 2021 winds down, the solar flux readings are the second highest readings of the new solar cycle, topped only by the dramatic run-up last November. It's worth taking a good long last look at the September numbers, as the current ramp-up in solar activity will easily go beyond them in October. In the closing 36 hours of the month, the 10.7cm solar flux measurement has jumped up 12 points to 101 and was rising fast as this report was being prepared. The 10.7cm solar flux measurement is a determination of the strength of solar radio emission in a 100MHz wide band centred on 2800MHz, which is a wavelength of 10.7cm, averaged over one hour. The monthly mean sunspot number for September will be about 54 in the new scale. The smoothed sunspot number for September is 46, and this means that September's sunspot numbers are easily the highest of the new solar cycle thus far. And the good news doesn't stop there. On September the 14th, Scott McIntosh from the National Centre for Atmospheric Research announced that he expects the termination event, concluding cycle 24, is imminent, and a rapid run-up in solar activity will commence in mid-November. The termination event is a new discovery and still controversial amongst space scientists. The suggestion is that bands of magnetic energy of opposite polarity move towards the Sun's equator from north and south, and when they collide, they obliterate each other and the outgoing solar cycle is finished. Solar minimum in the 11-year cycle was recorded in November 2019. The last numbered Solar Cycle 24 sunspot was observed in July 2020, and the last active region was observed on August the 14th this year, 2021. So it appears that Cycle 24 is over. Like Raynet in the UK, the USA has several emergency communication organisations in the radio amateur world, made up of enthusiastic volunteers. In the end, though, there's very little cash in order to run these organisations and make them as effective as possible. But over in Los Angeles, on the west coast of the States, a generous benefactor has given a significant gift to the communicators. To provide effective emergency communications, amateur radio operators need to find and eliminate sources of radio frequency interference that could hinder their operations. Unfortunately, RFI, as it's known, is a widespread problem in Southern California that affects not only amateur radio operators, but also businesses, governments and the military, 
and RFI complaints can go unresolved for years. To track down these sources of interference, Ares LAX, an arm of the ARRL Los Angeles section, has a core of technical volunteers. Without the proper equipment, however, the task is time-consuming and sometimes fruitless. To make the volunteer's job easier, Ares LAX recently purchased a Fluke II-910, an acoustic imager, with a $23,600 grant from Amateur Radio Digital Communications. Amateur Radio Digital Communications is a California-based foundation with roots in amateur radio and the technology of internet communication. The organisation got its start by managing the Ampernet address space, which it designated to licence amateur radio operators worldwide. Additionally, ARDC makes grants to projects and organisations that follow amateur radio's practice and tradition of technical experimentation in both amateur radio and digital communication science. Such experimentation has led to broad advances, such as the mobile phone and wireless internet technology, ARDC envisions a world where all such technology is available through open-source hardware and software. The Fluke II-910 Acoustic Imager uses ultrasonic techniques to pinpoint the source of the interference and produce photographic evidence, which is invaluable when submitting a repair request to a utility company. The capabilities of the II-910 Acoustic Imager are particularly helpful in the radio-dense environment of Southern California, which has many potential noise sources. The goal of Ares LAX is to eliminate all radio frequency interference sources in Los Angeles County. This would pave the way for better communications in emergency situations and in the end save lives. Ares LAX is a non-profit corporation that supports the work of the Los Angeles County Amateur Radio Emergency Service. Los Angeles County Ares provides backup communication for most of the receiving hospitals in the county and for the County Department of Health Services Medical Alert Center. To accomplish this mission, Los Angeles County Ares trains amateur radio operators in emergency communications and provides assistance in setting up and troubleshooting amateur radio stations, with the objective of increasing the pool of operators ready to respond when emergency communications are needed. You can learn more about Los Angeles County Ares at www.areslax.org. You are listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. It's all about radio and the wider world of communications. I've picked out some of the latest stories from Southgate Amateur Radio News, and you can find a lot more by going to southgatearc.org. Many of the world's regulators, generally chivered along by the amateur radio representative organisations, have been making the move to online courses and examinations for those who want to obtain their licences and get on the air. However, being huge and bureaucratic monsters, the pace of change on the regulator's behalf is not always as fast as the keen prospective new hams would like. Norwegian Communications Authority, ENCOM, has announced that radio amateurs will have to continue doing paper exams for a while longer, and the number of questions in the exam is going to be increased to 60. Norway has only one class of licence, and it permits one kilowatt output. 
Their Herrick exam used to be the shortest amongst CEPT member countries, at just 28 questions. A few years ago, this was increased to 35, and now ENCOM has announced that the exam will consist of 60 questions. ENCOM said that, since they were unfortunately lagging behind in putting into place a digital trial scheme, they will have to continue with the paper exam a little longer than they'd hoped for, probably until the autumn of 2022. Despite the delayed introduction of the digital testing scheme, NCOM wanted the radio amateur exam to consist of 60 questions, and it will do so from January 2022. A spokesperson said that NCOM continues to work on questions for the new test sets and the expansion of the question database. Amateur radio groups that have plans to hold a licensed course in the spring of 2022 in Norway have been asked to note this. You're listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a comment or a question, pop us over an email. Our address is vibes at southgatearc.org. That's vibes at southgatearc.org. You never know, we might feature your message in a future edition. Well, if trying to keep regulators moving on new policies sounds tough, it certainly isn't helped if the number of applicants to become new radio amateurs is not significant. Granted, Iceland has a population roughly 200 times smaller than the UK. But recently, an online training course intended to lead up to the amateur exam has had to be cancelled due to, well, a worrying lack of interest. At a meeting on September the 28th, the board of Iceland's National Amateur Radio Society, the IRA, agreed to postpone the advertised online amateur radio course, which was to have started on October the 4th. The online course had been expected to run up until the exam date of December the 11th. The reason the IRA have given for the postponement is low levels of participation, with only three people having signed up and paid the course fee. They will now be reimbursed. The next course will be made available from February to May 2022. Consideration will be given to offering simultaneous on-site courses at Reykjavik University and distance courses over the internet. If more recently there is interest in taking an exam for an amateur radio licence without the course, the IRA will take up the matter with the regulator, with a view to holding an exam on December 11th. You can find out more at tinyurl.com forward slash IARU hyphen Iceland. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to Southgate Vibes, stories about amateur radio and the world of communications from Southgate Amateur Radio News. You can find these stories and many more daily reports at our website, southgatearc.org. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by sending an email to vibes at southgatearc.org. So until next time, this is Steve Richards, G4 Hotel Papa Echo, signing off and wishing you best 7-3.